Welcome to Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. Today we're headed over to Ishta Yoga for an uh, opportunity to hear my weekly meditation class. It starts with a talk, and um, you can just listen for the talk, but then the talk is followed by a little bit of asana that would help you if you decided you wanted to do the meditation and it was convenient, and then we follow with the seated guided meditation. There's uh, at the end of the guided part an 18-minute span in which you could meditate, and uh, at the end of that there's a regrounding technique so that you feel nice and stable at the end of meditating if you decide to do the 18 minutes. So uh, without further ado, here we go. Enjoy. There's a three parts to yoga practice, and we talked a little about this last week. And... Um, for a meditation practice, and this is meditation class. Um, the Yoga Sutras is one of the primary manuals. And for doing a meditation practice according to the Yoga Sutras, you need to have the willingness to purify your mind and your emotions, to get clear out of things that are ultimately distractions. And to do that, as you're doing it, as you're working, you end up finding stuff about yourself. You learn about yourself. You study yourself. You notice what's going on so that you can address that. And you also learn about practicing and how to meditate and doing it and figuring out what works for you. And the ancient uh, the sutras say that when you do this kind of self-study, you find your ishta devata, and the ishta devata, um, the word clearly has something to do with ishta, right? Um, but ishta is like your own unique, and devata means deity. That's really the translation of it. <clears throat> but the word has as its root light. So your personal way to experience the light, which is the opposite of the dark. So when we're going through our living and we're experiencing, I can't see, I can't figure it out, I don't know what's up, it's in, I'm in the dark, right? The opposite is to find your ishta devata and have the light, right? to have your own way that you connect um, so, one of the one of the parts of the practice is the third component of this set of three, where you have the doing the work of purifying, studying yourself, studying meditation, and the third part is to surrender to the way things are, the way the universe is. And because it's 
Indian, culturally speaking, they give everything the name of a deity as a way of defining for us a kind of anthropomorphized way of that. So they call it Ishvara, surrender to Ishvara. But Ishvara really means the laws of the universe, the, the master of the universe, to use a more antiquated phrasing. So we have to find those three things to make a practice fruitful. You might stumble upon a fruitful practice, but this is a technology. So to do it right, you do those three parts. You do the stuff that's difficult, like getting here on Saturday morning. Yeah? And then you study yourself based on what comes out of this and what you might hear in the few minutes before you, you meditate <clears throat> and what comes afterwards and what maybe you look up or read or talk to your teacher about. And then ultimately, when you're in the space of doing the meditation, you have to surrender. There's a point at which you do some technique or something and then you have to let go. So that, that part is this one aspect of surrender, but the other aspect of surrender is in life you have to surrender to the nature of the universe, right? Like you can't just say, I want to do this and then it's going to happen, right? There's a good chance that if you have no idea what you're going to do, you won't know what's going to happen, right? And you could try to do something and maybe that thing will happen. Right? So you could have some part in it. But we have this kind of thing going on in our current culture that's so based on like, you know, kind of a, a cheerleading or coaching kind of thing where it's, there's a lot about, you know, whatever I want I can have, I just have to want it bad enough. Right? And it's a tricky thing because the nature of our universe is very much set upon a lot of what's come before. And then there's what we're doing now. So if all the right stuff has come before to let you have what you think you want, then maybe you'll get what you want through your actions and your intentions toward that, right? But if everything about what's going on in the past is not really leading to that, it's going to be much more challenging. And I use the phrase, think that you want, intentionally, because we think we want something, and yet when we got that thing, it may or may not be anything of any value to us. Right? Everything that we encounter is part of what makes us what we are. Right? I did a project on uh, gratitude recently, um, for a meditation app. Um, and it was very interesting to see how powerful just being grateful for what you have <coughs> is. You know, science, uh, psychologists are doing a lot of research on it and looking at people's state of mind, their feelings of worthiness in the world, their happiness based on certain kinds of measures and being grateful seems to be uh, incredibly powerful of the suite of things that you could do being grateful seems to be the most potent thing at changing your life changing your attitude your relationship with your life right 
So one of the reasons for that is that when you're grateful, you're not in this state of needing things to be different from how they are. And when you need things to be different from how they are, when you think you know what you want, then your mind gets all busy trying to make that happen. And when your mind is busy, then it's very hard to do the three stages of the yoga practice, right? It's very hard to uh, clear out all the emotional attachment that you have to the thing that you think you need, right? So that part's really hard. And then the final part, that the surrendering part, is super hard. So you don't want to surrender to what is, you want to go get what you want. And your mind thinks it has the way. I'm the one in charge, I can do it, just let me do it. I'm going to go get a new book and I'm going to read on how to do it, right? And then I'm going to do that book. Or I'm going to hire this coach, or I'm going to, you know, so on. Get back out in the world and do it. So, being grateful, and when I was doing the project, I came upon this really lovely quote from, I think it was Emerson, who said, you know, you should give thanks for all of the... um, things that have helped you in your life. And because everything has helped to make you who you are right now, you should just give thanks for everything, right? Which is a darn good attitude, right? And then you're arriving at a place where you have contentment. Even though you're still working, even though you're still facing your challenges, even though you're still trying to make the world a better place, even though you're trying to improve yourself, all those things you can still have this baseline of contentment with the way things are. And in the bigger yoga practice, the eight limbs of yoga that these three buckets sort of offer us as a practice, one of the first things is called santosha, which means contentment. To to get contented with what is, to not be attached to outcomes And when you have that, then your mind can go still. You can be quiet. You can be at peace. So I've been um, rereading the Bhagavad Gita for our 300-hour training. And I just came upon a a place that's quite far in the book where the two main characters are talking and the one who's the deity is uh, asked by the one who's the human, what you know? What what's your nature? What do you really like? Once he, once he's figured out that he's not just a friend, he's actually the power of sustaining the universe. He says, oh, what, "What are you like?" And so he he goes and he recites, "Well, I'm this and I'm that and I'm the other thing." And it's all of the things that you would look at in anything that's going on and say, "Oh, wow, that's that's." I, I like that part, you know, that's the good part. So it's just the same kind of thing as gratitude. It's like looking for the goodness in the thing that's in front of you, right? So um, I, I won't read Father reading to you, but it's, it's, um, it's a practice that's worth doing, you know, just to take a, a moment every day and think about, you know, what was good about my day today? So it, it leads us um, to the practice that Uh, we're going to do today, which is about that third component of the whole yoga practice, the letting go, the surrendering part, okay? So in the surrendering part, 
we would like to not ignore things that are going on with us. There's this term that, that my wife bats about now that I, I hear in a lot of um, posts on Facebook and stuff about spirituality, spiritual bypass. Right? That it's not enough that if something's going wrong in your life that you can just say, oh yeah, but I'm going to do yoga and then I'll, then I'll be fine, everything will be fine. Right? You, you have to actually deal with your stuff too, right? Yeah, but you have the three parts component of that is you have to deal with your stuff, but having the benefit of the perspective of your meditation practice will make it so much easier to deal with your stuff. It will give you this bigger perspective on things. It will invite inspiration into things. It will invite new insights that you hadn't been thinking of. It will let you have uh, these kind of higher aspects of our emotion, one of which is compassion, right? So that you can see someone else and recognize, wait a minute, they're just like me, right? They're going through the same kind of stuff as me. There, there, was, no, there was a really powerful moment in my own growing up where I had, had a ton of difficulty with my parents, right? And I came upon this photo of them from when they were married, but we, they didn't have kids yet. And I looked at this picture, and they were just two kids sitting on a blanket having a picnic, you know? <laughs> And I think my dad was trying to help my mom with her camera or something. And I looked at them and I thought, I'm older now than they are in this picture. And they had to raise kids. And they didn't know anything. You know, and suddenly I had this great compassion for how challenging it must have been. And, you know, they did the best they could do. And that was just like this freeing thought that let me let go of so much of the mental stuff around and the emotional stuff around that. Right? So we need to gain perspective and meditation is this beautiful way to do it. All right? So the way we're going to do it today is not to dwell on the other stuff, but rather we're gonna focus on this surrendering, letting go, being in the space of doing nothing and allowing us to be there for a period of time that lets us have a spaciousness and then come back, plant that spaciousness into each of the headquarters of our daily function, and then go home, have brunch. Yeah? Okay. So we're just gonna do the third part of the bucket today, the surrendering part. Okay. To do it, we'll use one of the um, main yoga tools for getting the mind to calm down because it's hard. Right? We're all very much engaged in our outward living. One of the yoga tools is working with our breath. So we're going to work with our breath in an alternating fashion. And when we do that, it takes the way that we're usually operating out in the world, where we're dominant on one side or the other. In the West, we call it being left brain or being right brain dominant. We're gonna balance those two out so that we come into a neutral. And when we come into the neutral in the West, we call that, I'm in a daydream. 
I have no idea where I am. I have lost track of time. So we're going to induce that state using our breath. We're going to start to do it with alternate nostril breathing. And alternate nostril breathing, in case you haven't done that in a while, is to block one side of your nose, one nostril, breathe in that side, out the other, back in the side you breathe out, switch, and out the other. So out and in, out and in, out and in, out and in. Okay? And that triggers the end of this line of energy that yogis call a nadi, that ends right here at the place where the bony part of the nose stops on each side. Once we've done the alternate nostril breathing, we're going to do a deeper level of nadi shodhana, or the cleansing of these nostrils, the purification of these, by looking at the elemental relationship within the nostrils. So if you took a if I tipped my head this way and we put a magnifying glass on my nose, there would be this shape. Does that make sense? Right? So those are my two nostrils if I went like this. <laughs> okay, so the inner corner, the clo- closest to the face on the inner corner, is related to the elemental force of structure in our life. Things coming together, coalescing. In English, we use the shorthand, earth, right? It's the solid part. At the outer corner, but still attached to the face, is the elemental force of flow, the way things move toward what they like and away from what they don't like. We use the shorthand, water, in English. If you move up the nostrils to the flare on the side of the nose, We have the elemental force of transformation, things getting done, taking care of business, focusing, determination. That part flares when you get angry, right? It's fiery. So fire is the shorthand we use in English. At the tip, all the way up, is called uh, wind in English. It's the movement of things. Everything's in motion, right? And when things are in motion, they automatically start interacting with each other. So the interrelationship of things in motion. Okay, so that's the tip. And then the middle of the nostril is the element of the shape of things, the, the, the sort of story of the thing, the space element. Okay. So we're going to breathe in one side and out the other, but focusing on these elemental forces, which is profoundly calming and pulling in. I have to be careful when I'm leading you through it so that I don't just zone out. And often I'll, like if I can't sleep, I'll use this technique as a way to go to sleep. So if you have trouble sleeping, pay attention here. So I'll go in one side, out the other. I'll lead you through the whole thing because it's too complicated to try to remember. And then once we've done that, I'm going to have you do a a final Kriya practice. And Kriya is is visualizing our energy moving in a certain way. And in this one, we'll breathe in as though the breath is going evenly in both nostrils, which it will be, and up into the center point of your brain. And not just the air of the breath now, but the energy of the breath, what we call prana, in both nostrils, into the middle of the brain, And from that point in the middle of the brain, evenly out both nostrils. 
for this kriya to work, and it's called manduki, which means the frog. And it has this name because when you're very calm, when your breath is very quiet, which it will be when we've done all this alternate nostril stuff, the breath will be almost like a puff of air, just gets super soft. And maybe you'll even find that the breath barely comes out of your nostrils, it's so soft because you're so calm. The mind does a little hop, okay? And it goes from your focus outside to your focus inside. So we'll use this Manduki Kriya to make that hop in and then we'll be there for our period of silence, which will be 18 minutes. Okay. Questions about any of that? Too many questions about any of that. Yeah, great, okay. All right. Who's new to class, anybody? You? Welcome, great. So we're gonna do a little talk, that just ended. Then we're gonna do a little bit of asana so it's easy to sit. I'll lead us through the whole breathing that I just talked about. We'll sit for 18 minutes. And at the end of that, we will do some mantra, which I'll also lead us through, bringing the energy back down. Okay? So let's come on to all fours. And we'll start our premeditative asana. Set your wrists right underneath your shoulders and your knees right underneath your hips. And we'll move in the cow and the cat. Right? So inhale, curl your toes under, arch and open. Exhale, take the tops of your feet to the floor and press away and round your back. And then continue to flow on the rhythm of your breath. First, when you're practicing anything, it's a lot of just figuring out how does it work, how do you do this, but as you get more and more accustomed to doing any practice, the little nuances of it become a little more interesting. You start to be able to notice the difference between doing something and doing something different. So in this one, if you're pretty good in the cat and the cow, you might try pulling your fingers to each other rather than having them spreading out. Because just like with the five points in the nostrils, the five fingers are also related to those elements. And we're trying to pull everything back together again right now. Next time you get around to your inhale, take that breath in, and on that exhale, send your seat back to your heels, back to the child's pose, or what Alan likes to call the seal pose when we're doing it for this premeditative practice. And take a moment just to feel yourself a little more 
inward, sealed. And on your next breath in, come up onto your knees, arms overhead, Bali pose. Exhale all the way back to the child's pose or the seal. Inhale through the upper part of the cat-cow and let your hips lower to cobra pose, but you can bend your elbows to keep it out of your back. Exhale back to the seal. Inhale, Bali, up on your knees. Exhale, seal. Inhale, cobra. And exhale, seal. And then you can continue on your own. It's four poses, but two are the same. Bali, seal, cobra, seal. Next time you're in the seal and the fourth one, go ahead and rest there again. And we'll move from here into an inverted posture. So a posture where your head is lower than your seat. Probably the most easy way of doing that is to do downward facing dog. But if you have a headstand in your practice, you could do a headstand instead. It's a very powerful way to invert. Or you could do a forearm version of the downward dog if that bothers your wrist to hold the downward dog. use headstand not so much as a gymnastics trick but because of the powerful feeling that happens when you've been in an inverted pose and you come back upright it has the effect of like a slingshot with your energy to pull from below up to your head So when you're coming out in just a moment, allow yourself to very quietly, very inwardly stay focused as you lower onto your heels and sit upright. Just feel the first couple of breaths where the focus goes.
do a few more poses for your hips so they're comfortable and one more balancing pose so gently open your eyes but keep your attention more inward now sit over onto the right side of your feet bring your uh, left leg in close and you can hook your right toes over the left ankle if that's comfortable if your whole hips aren't very comfortable sit up on something like a blanket or a block okay? and then rest your uh, left hand down where your feet are take your right arm up in the air and we're going to lengthen this side of the body so arc over and let each inhale expand you through that right side and each exhale you can enjoy the spaciousness that you've created Consider this pose and the one we're going to do right after it as the first part of our alternate breathing. This is the alternating at the asana level, so we're using our big body movement to breathe stronger here into this right side. Go ahead and lower down here. Swing your legs around to the other side. Maybe hook your left toes across your right ankle if that feels okay. And then hand down where your feet are, raise your left arm. Inhale, lengthen up and over to the side. Now breathing stronger through your left side. Inhale back upright, and lower that arm down, and swing your legs out in front of you. And with your hands resting behind you, so that you can sit up really tall, organize your legs so they're neutral in rotation, your toes are maybe a little spread apart. I'm just creating a lot of spaciousness and it's very tall spine. When we're doing our meditation, we'd like to have this very tall spine. So if it's hard to sit up tall now, you'll sit up on a blanket or a block or even sit against the wall. Otherwise, there's a lot of aches and pains and then your mind starts racing around saying, how can I fix this? I could leave class. <laughs> And then go ahead and release that. Shake out. Bring your legs so your feet are flat on the floor, your hands are behind you. And then windshield wiper your legs to one side, and then the other is getting that little inward twist at your hip joint.
And then find yourself a comfortable seat. Make sure that your seat feels super easy to be in to start because it won't stay as easy as it starts. Or maybe it will. During our 18 minutes of silence, I'll pass by to do Shaktipat, which just, I don't touch you or I'm just kind of standing somewhat near you. And it's just to help move your focus, move your energy focus up into the midbrain. Um, so you might hear me passing by, but there's nothing you need to do. If you'd rather I don't do that, just raise your hand now and I will do that. So let your left hand rest on your knee, join your index finger and thumb. With your right hand, there's two versions of this alternate nostril breathing. On the one, your first two fingers are resting on your forehead, so the ring finger and thumb can be on the side of your nose. It can be a little more um, potent, I guess, to bring the first two fingers into your palm and let the ring finger and thumb again rest on the side of your nose. That makes your chin tuck a little bit more. And that can be more useful, but it can also be a little more uh, inducing of anxiety or maybe heating even. So you can try both and see which feels like it would be a good one to try today. And you can always switch to the other. And once you've chosen one, we're going to start on the left side. So with your thumb, block the right nostril, breathe in through the left side. Then close and block both. Lift your thumb and breathe out through the right side. Breathe back in the right side. Close and block both. And then switch to breathe out the left side. We're going to keep going now. Out and back in through one side. So come back in that side. And then switch and then go out and back in the other side. So I'm going to leave you on your own to find a rhythm that works fine and is easeful in your own breathing. If you bring your elbow a little bit toward the center line of your body, it will keep your head from turning over to the right side. one component of the practice that helps calm things down, helps bring on that daydream-like state. And the other is the slowing down of the speed of the inhale and the exhale. 
So you can use your thumb and ring finger as a little bit of a valve to control the speed of the movement in and out. And it might take a little trial and error because you don't want to feel like you're gasping or you're running out of air. Just stay within an easy range. But lengthen as much as it's comfortable. Next time that you're breathing out through the left side, that's going to be the last round. Keep your eyes closed, keep your focus inward. You can let your hand relax down after you've done that breath. start to alternate using those points on the nostrils. So if you think it would help you, and it generally helps the first time you've ever done it, you could take one finger on your right hand and just touch the points that I'm mentioning so that you have a visceral feeling for where those points are, where, the, where you're drawing the breath where you're focusing the inhale and the exhale. So you can touch around, or you don't need to do that if you don't need it. So again, we're going to start on the left side, on the inner corner, earth. So breathe in there, visualizing, or maybe even sensing the air coming in at the inner corner of the left nostril. And then out on the right inner corner, Go back in through the right inner, inner corner and out the left. One more time in left earth and out right earth. Now we'll move out to the outer corner on the left for the water element. Breathe in left water and then go to the right water outer corner out, back in the same place you breathed in, back in the same place you breathed out, I mean, and then switch out on the left outer corner. One more time, outer left corner, breathe breath in, and outer right corner, breath out. Great. We'll move up to the flare on the left side 
So breathe in, fire element, transformation. Switch to the right side, out, fire. Back in, right, fire. And switch to the left, out, fire. One more in, left, fire. Out, right, fire. In, right, fire. And out, left, fire. Move up to the tip of the nose on the left side, the wind or the movement of things, interaction. Breathe in, air, on the left. Out, right, air. Back in, air, on the right. And out, left, air. In, left, air. Out, right, air. Back in, right, air. Out, left, air. Then we'll go into the space element, the space in the middle of the nostril. So you're just, if you're using your finger, you're just hovering in the middle. Breathe in that element of space or the form of things. Out right space. Back in right space. Now left space. In left space. Out right space, in right space, out left space. Just let your hand relax if you've been using your hand. We're going to do one more alternating series through the nostrils. And we'll again begin on the left inner corner. So, but we'll switch a little bit from element to element here. So starting on the left inner corner, breathe in earth. Out right, earth. Move over to water on the right side, the outer corner, breathe in water. Switch to the left outer corner, out water. Move up to fire on the left, in fire. Switch to the right, out, fire. Move up to the tip on the right, fire, out, air in. Switch to the left, air, out. Stay on the left, space, in. And on the right, space, out. And then just let your breath balance. Move to the right inner corner and breathe your next breath in there. Switch to the left, earth, out. Move to water on the left, in. Switch to the right, water, out. Move up to the flare, fire, in. Switch to the left, fire, out. Stay on the left, tip, air, in. Switch to the right, tip, air, out. 
stay on the right of the space in, move to the left space out. And you can let your hand relax if you're using your hand. And we'll move to Manduki Kriya, the frog, just allowing your breast to be as soft as it wants to be. Watching this V of energy move in through both nostrils to a point in the middle of the brain, like an inverted V, and then from the middle of the brain back out. We're no longer trying to breathe, we're just allowing the breath and observing it. So there's really nothing to do except to layer the image on top of your natural breath. Take a finger on your right hand and press the point between your eyebrows just a little above on the forehead. Like you're sending your focus now into the midbrain, making that little hop. And then let your hand relax back down, let your face go soft, your jaw relax. The lobes of your brain open to make a space for your awareness to float into. I'm going to be quiet now.
brings wisdom back down into our living, stay on the edge of your meditation and we'll keep asking you to go back to that meditative place. But bring the tip of your tongue to the roof of your mouth to create an energy channel, a nadi. Right down into your hands. Bring your hands to touch in front of the heart center. Now will automatically trigger your mind to start thinking, so go right back into meditation. Move your hands just the tiniest bit and feel what would normally be called touch in your mind. Feel it as the energy that's behind touch, the tingling. Move your tongue behind the upper teeth to the gum line, changing the pathway to bring the energy of your meditation right into your palms. And separate your palms just a little bit apart and see if you can still feel the energy even though there is no touch. It might feel more like heat. And if you move your hands farther apart and back toward each other, you might feel the energy as a magnetic quality a puffiness that you can stretch and compress. Whatever the sensation is, direct the meditative insight, the inspiration, the wisdom into this energy. And bring your hands up over your eyes, where just bringing your hands over your eyes may give you another experience of energy. Maybe you'll see light or have some other experience. And send that wisdom of your meditation through your eyes into the midbrain, which is our headquarters for decision-making, Ajna Chakra. And to help foster now the transformation of that wisdom out into life, we'll use the mantra Om Namah Shivaya. So you can either chant along or just let the sound vibrate through you. Om Namah Take your hands over your eyes and draw the energy down the jaw, to the jawline and then around the jawline to the back of your neck. From the back of your neck around to the throat in front and with your hands crossed one over the other so both palms are facing your throat center. We'll send the energy into this next energy headquarters, Visuddha, which is responsible for that element of space. And in our daily life, it's the governor of communication, expression. So to bring wisdom and insight and inspiration here, we'll use the mantra, Om Aim Saraswatiye Namaha. Om Aim Saraswatiye Namaha. Om Aim Saraswatiye Namaha. From the throat center, draw the energy down to the heart center in the middle of your chest. With one hand over the other, send the energy in there, bringing 
the wisdom into that element of air, movement, which is our interaction with each other, so that we have love and compassion governing this center. The mantra, Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo center draw the energy down to the navel center and at the navel let your right palm face down your left palm face up clasp your hands together you can peek if you don't know what I'm saying and pull the heels of your hands right against your navel this hand shape also fosters the transformation element so that we can be courageous get things done be focused have our body function in its metabolism all those functions working at their peak. The mantra, which is one of sustaining us in the universe, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. From the navel, draw the energy down to the pelvis. Here, take your hands like in meditation with the index finger and thumb touching on each hand, and then point your fingertips to touch right at the pubic line. This is the headquarters for our desires, our passions, the things that drive us in life. So we'll bring the wisdom and insight and clarity of your meditation here so that you're slicing through life toward the things that are best in line with your karma and your dharma, the actions that will help you move through life. And the mantra, Om Dum 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 Durgaye Namaha. Om Dum 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 Durgaye down to the pelvic floor. Just direct it there with your intention. And then take your uh, thumbs to touch, thumb tips to touch, index fingers to touch, so you're making a triangle. And set that triangle right on the pubic bone, pointing the energy at your base at the pelvic floor. And to bring wisdom and insight and inspiration into the earth element, the one that is responsible for all of our stability in life, all of our taking care of business in life, all of our finances, we'll use the mantra Om Lakshmi Vam Shri Kamaladaram Swaha. 
crease line between thigh and torso and root yourself down there. Get reconnected with your legs. And massage the energy from hip to knee. Regrounding. Massage around your knee joints. Down your shins. Unwind your legs a little and walk a line down your calves. And then grab your ankles tight rerooting towards your feet and massage a little down the soles of your feet and then unwind your legs, release them. If you can't feel your legs, do downward dog and pedal them out, pump some blood into them and then make your way onto your back into Shavasana, the corpse pose. We'll use the corpse pose for just a minute to let the muscles that were sitting for so long in one way give them a chance to just release. So adjust your seat so your legs can release, adjust your shoulder blades underneath you so your chest can open, your arms and shoulders can get soft, and adjust your head so that your neck is able to release. Let the watery component of you, the 75% of you that's liquid, just find its equilibrium on the floor. waking up on Saturday full of inspiration and wisdom and insight, allowing the universe to be 
begin to come back, moving your fingers, your toes. Bring your breath a little deeper, a little longer. Oh, the nice inhale, raise your arms up overhead behind you and stretch long through your right side from your fingers out through your toes. And then through your left side from your fingers out through your toes. Bend your knees, draw them in, wrap your hands around your shins and rock a little side to side. And then set your feet on the floor with hip distance apart, heels right under your knees. Push down and lift your hips up high. Take your arms underneath you, interlace your fingers, press down into the earth, into the bridge pose, arching through your back, lifting your sternum, opening your whole body in a posture of forward motion. Nice. Come up on the balls of your feet, separate your hands, roll back down to the floor. And then rock yourself front to back, and you can rock all the way up to sitting if that's comfortable for you. Otherwise, roll to one side and press up to sitting. Make a fist with your right hand, set it just below your navel. Take the left on top of the right and press in gently there as you tilt forward. And tilt forward enough that you start to feel a holding on at the base that makes you sit tall. And come back upright. Bring your palms together in front of the heart center. Hariyom Tatsat. Have a wonderful Saturday. Thanks for meditating. Keep it up. Namaste. Thank you for listening to Peter's podcast. And thank you for supporting the podcast on Patreon. Not doing that yet? Head over to patreon.com slash peterspodcast and support for any level you like. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful week. Namaste.